Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hey, welcome to another episode of Okay-ish. Thanks for joining me today. All right, so I've done a few episodes now, and I haven't yet dove fully into talking about it, so today we're going to talk about self-care. Excuse me while I shudder. I really dislike the term self-care, and I am so glad that you are here on this podcast so we can talk about why I'm not a big fan of this term, what it really means, and how to achieve the actual real form of self-care. But before we get going on this topic, I want to remind you that this podcast is my opinion based on my own experiences. Other people have other opinions that are just as valid. This is simply based on what I have seen in the therapy room and my own life. Also, I want to let you know right now that even though this episode topic is all about self-care, I am definitely not going to tell you to go live life to the fullest or to live, laugh, love or any of that bullshit. At the end of the day, all I care about is you being okay and you being okay with being okay. And you know, sometimes you won't be totally okay. You'll just be okay-ish. And that's cool too. So let's get into it. I'm really excited. So Google's definition of self-care, and yes, at this point, I trust Google more than Miriam Webster, but the definition is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. So that sounds like a really good definition, right? It makes sense. I can get on board with this definition. I think protecting our own well-being, taking an active role in protecting our own well-being and happiness is great. But my question is, what does that actually mean? The definition seems a little subjective or up for interpretation, don't you think? So I want to go over some other definitions of self-care that are out there. According to the medical field, self-care means being able to care for oneself literally. Like, can the person bathe themselves? Can they brush their teeth or complete regular activities of daily living? That definition makes sense to me too. Understandably, why people in the medical field need to assess for these types of things, right? According to Instagram, self-care means half-naked selfies. Seriously. I searched the hashtag self-care to see what would come up. And there were a few memes that came up talking about bubble baths, doing yoga, taking walks, stuff like that. There were some quotes that came up about how, you know, self-care is important. Self-care isn't selfish. But the majority of the things that came up, like 90%, was girls in bikinis. Seriously, I don't even know why they were hashtagging self-care. So if that's not confusing, I don't know what is. So yet another definition of self-care Have I gone over enough definitions yet? So another definition of self-care, according to some self-help gurus, and I'm saying self-help gurus in quotes, but don't worry, I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. Their definition boils down to being positive no matter what and making gratitude lists and just spreading positivity. 
seems a little unrealistic to me. Nice, but unrealistic. According to my parents, self-care means taking a nap every day. So I know I'm a little biased, but I actually don't think that's the worst definition of self-care I've ever heard. So there are many, many, many more definitions of self-care out there. I just named a few. But can we agree that these definitions can be dangerous because they're really subjective and vague and a little confusing? So I teach a few psychology courses at a local university, and the most recent semester just started. So I was teaching about some basics that I review at the beginning of every psychology course, you know, going over some history of psychology and whatnot. In this particular course, we were discussing the definition of mental health disorders and the definition of treatment of mental health disorders. And so I'll just teach all of you that the definition of treatment for mental health disorders is a sufferer seeking relief from a healer. So I asked my class if they could think of any examples of a sufferer seeking relief from a healer as a form of mental health treatment, thinking that they would respond with something like going to the doctor, going to a therapist, something like that. But no, the first answer I get, and I kid you not, was doing self-care? Like, is this what it's boiled down to? Do we as a society find this term so trendy that we think all of psychology is related to just practicing self-care? I'll be honest, when that happened, oh my gosh, it was so hard to maintain like my professional professorial stance with that student and not just scream. Like, what the heck? A few years back, I was talking to a friend's husband. Great guy, but no clue about therapy, mental health, or anything of the sort. So he asked me what a therapy session was like. And in asking me, he said something to the effect of, well, what do you actually talk to people about? Do you just tell them to do self-care? So do we see how this is a problem? And just so we're all clear, if we haven't guessed yet, providing therapy is not telling people to do self-care. I promise you. All right. So here's the big issue I have with this term self-care. Here is why I dislike the term if you haven't already guessed. I love that mental health is being discussed in the media. I even love that there are hashtags for self-care on Instagram and that people are talking about these things. But the problem is we are sending the wrong messages. Mental health is not as simple as self-care. Mental health is real and it's serious and it's scary. As much as we are trying to destigmatize mental health with having these hashtags and talking about these things, I think we're inadvertently and accidentally simplifying mental health and minimizing it by telling people, oh, just just go make a gratitude list and you'll be great. That's not what it is. So I have a client and she loves self-help books. She loves self-help podcasts. She loves reading self-help quotes on Instagram and on Pinterest. So she does all the self-care stuff, right? She writes in a journal and she makes gratitude lists and she takes bubble baths. She writes down positive quotes and affirmations. She reads self-help books. She takes walks and lights candles while listening to calming music. You name it, she does it. And she comes into my office dejected and down and just bummed out because she says, Marianne, I don't get it. I am doing all of this stuff. 
all of this stuff that's saying I'm supposed to feel better and be living life to the fullest and feel happier, but I'm not. Why am I not feeling better? What's wrong with me? Well, here's the thing. Life is more complicated than that. Those are all great things that she does, but our brains are not that simple. And what's happening is she's ending up feeling bad about herself, feeling like there's something wrong with her, that she's doing these things and it's not quote unquote fixing her, which is just heartbreaking to see. So let me interject by taking a second to talk about self-help gurus and self-help books. I love reading self-help books. Oh my gosh, love it. I respect anyone who goes into this field of motivational speaking or writing books. But I want to point out that it's called self-help for a reason. What works for myself will not necessarily work for yourself. There are also a significant amount of self-help gurus who have no professional experience in therapy, counseling, or any helping professions. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that this doesn't mean they have great things to say. Oh my gosh, because they they do. I love reading about people's journeys and their own paths to happiness and fulfillment and their own struggles and growth. Oh my gosh, I love it. I have a background in these things and I still always learn from self-help books. But the problem is, like my client I was just talking about, people often take advice in these books or blogs or podcasts, whatever it may be, very literally. Just because someone else quit their job and took a road trip across Europe doesn't mean that you should. Or maybe it does. I don't know. But it's certainly not my place to say. Taking advice from self-help gurus that don't have an educational or professional background can actually be really dangerous because, again, it can inadvertently or accidentally ignore underlying mental health concerns. They mean well, but just like my client, it can trick us into feeling bad about ourselves, right? Like my client was so frustrated that she was doing what she was supposed to be doing but it wasn't working or because we aren't living like them or because we're different than them. So please continue to read self-help books, continue to learn from them and enjoy them and maybe take some of the advice from them. But recognize that mental health is different. And like I said, it is real and it is serious and it is scary. I also want to let you know that, heck, counseling professionals get it wrong too. Yes, I have more understanding of the way the brain works and more understanding of mental health disorders and all of that, but that doesn't mean that everything I say will work for you. That doesn't mean that sometimes, as I've mentioned this in previous episodes, that I'm going to say the wrong thing, right? That doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes in my own personal life, just like the next person. And don't worry, stick with me and you're bound to hear a lot of the mistakes I make all the time. I just happen to have more knowledge in this certain area than people from different professional backgrounds. And so it's actually interesting because this is actually partly where the name okayish comes from. I have to be honest, it mostly comes from my amazing and brilliant editor who came up with it. I can't take credit. But Instagram, self-help, self-care, all these things talk about living life to the fullest and being your best self and being happy no matter what's going on and just look at the bright side of things. And guess what? 
That is not realistic and it's not healthy. Yes, I'm all about positive thinking, but man alive, sometimes we're going to have bad days. Life is hard. Mental health is scary and powerful. And so do I want people to be happy and live their best lives? Heck yeah. Do I want people to, you know, shoot for the moon and all those great quotes? Yeah, absolutely. But on our way to doing that, we're going to have bad days. And do I want us to feel bad when we're not living life to the fullest or feel not good enough if we're not doing that every day or feel like there's something wrong with us? Nope. I don't want us to feel bad about that. I want us all to be happy, but know that it's also just fine to be okay-ish. So I'm glad that I'm talking about this so I can give a little bit more background on that name. Okay, so you may be thinking, all right, she's talking about these definitions of self-care and why she's not into it. But knowing all of these definitions, what does self-care mean to me? And again, it's okay if you have a different definition of self-care, right? Because it's all about the self. But for me, self-care is knowing what I am feeling, why I am feeling that way, and what the best course of action for me to take to manage that feeling effectively and healthy is. So that last one, right, the what the best course of action to take is, the what to do about that emotion, that what may involve a bubble bath, right? That what may involve taking yoga or taking a walk or whatever it may be. But there's a lot of steps that need to happen before we can get there. It's amazing how hard it is to actually identify what we're feeling and why we're feeling that way. It's amazing. A few years ago, I was dating this guy. And I don't remember why. I don't remember what was going on. But for some reason, I told him that I was feeling annoyed about something. And I said the words, I'm feeling annoyed. And he looked at me and he said, oh my gosh, you're so good at talking about your feelings. I mean, I was just feeling annoyed. I didn't think that saying that was really profound or really meant that I was really good at talking about my feelings. Needless to say, that relationship didn't work out. (laughs) But here's the thing. Identifying what you're feeling is the first step to knowing what to do about it. How can we know what to do about it if we don't know what we're feeling? More recently, I was in a professional meeting with some other entrepreneurs in the community. And I jumped in with something and said that I was feeling jealous. And and one of my colleagues jumped in and she goes, oh my gosh, Mary Ellen, you're so in tune with your feelings. But here's the thing. In that moment, I was able to say, hey, I'm feeling jealous. This is why I'm feeling jealous because of what was going on in the meeting. And like, this is what I'm going to do about it. And part of what I was going to do about that feeling was to say it out loud and to talk about it. So sometimes my what, right, my what of self-care is having alone time, depending on, you know, what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way. But sometimes depending on the how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way, alone time can be dangerous and isolating and not healthy or productive, right? So it's up to us to know. So these people that ask me if I talk about self-care in the therapy room, I guess I kind of do because I talk about my definition a lot of how can we identify our feelings? How can we recognize where those feelings are coming from? And then identifying the 
healthiest, most productive, positive way to deal with those feelings. Right? Doesn't that sound a little bit more productive than just taking a bubble bath? So that client that I was telling you about, I told her, I told her to stop doing her self-care stuff. And she looked at me like I had three heads. She was like, what? I can't stop doing my self-care stuff. It's so good for me. And I said, no, 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 stop doing your self-care stuff. What I want you to do is just check in with yourself every hour, every half hour, every 10 minutes with how you're feeling. And then maybe that will be a guide to know what type of self-care stuff to do. So the next time a self-help guru tells you that in order to be happy, to just turn the television off at night, I'm not kidding, one of my clients who knows my feelings about self-help and self-care, she recently told me that in one of her self-help books, that was literally the secret to being happy, was turning off the TV at night. I hope we can recognize that it's more than that. And you know, sometimes for me, depending on what's going on with me and how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way, turning on the television and taking a mental break from life is what I need, right? So I really hope that we can all continue to talk about mental health and continue to destigmatize it and share our messages. But I really hope that we can do that in a way that honors what it truly is without accidentally minimizing it to simply doing self-care. And the next time someone sends you some self-care quote on Instagram, I hope you can let them know that you might just be okay-ish that day and that is perfectly fine. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.